Hey everybody, it's John Marbley from Mad About Mad About You. Uh, just a heads up, Russ and I recorded this week's episode uh, before the tragedy in Las Vegas uh, occurred. And we wanted to put a little disclaimer at the top because during the news segment we cover a story uh, in which we do a little light joking about firearms. Uh, which was funny at the time, it isn't funny right now. Um, so if you're feeling particularly sensitive about that topic as I was, we didn't want to cut it. But if you want to skip it. Uh, it's about minute 25 to minute 28. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy the whole episode. There's a lot of good laughs in there. And uh, Cindy Lauper guest stars on the show, not our show. So uh, with that being said, uh, enjoy. Well, howdy, y'all. It's good to see you. Good to have you back here on a Wednesday. Wednesday, the greatest day of the week in this our hard land of America. Smack dab in the middle where the plains roll out and the mountains pierce the sky with their white caps of bone and they touch you deep deep in the heart deep in the heart of texas texas which is one of the united states so is new york another of the united states and new york why that's the united state in which the show mad about you takes place and that's what we're here to talk about today so i'm happy <laughs> it's really easy to duel when you're humming (laughs) everyone loses (laughs) john i'm not gonna let us get this far and not get to the climax of the song start the show Hello, everybody. This is Mad About Mad About You, your Mad About You weekly recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's one fun way to start a show. How are you doing today, John? I'm fine. Thank Good. you. How are you? I'm also well. Fantastic. Good. I hope that it's been a pleasant week so far. Yeah. Good. You, you and I just spoke a, a lovely week. You and I just spoke about how the Garys performed this past weekend in Providence, yeah. the Providence Improv Festival. Yeah, that's right. We had fun. We missed you. It was a real good time. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. No complaints. Fantastic. Oh, Lashana Tova to you, since it's now the next year in the Jewish New Year. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Happy uh, Columbus Day. (laughs) (laughs) The traditional response. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I don't know. Was Columbus a Jew? I can't remember. Yeah, was he? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Russ. There's no way you talk them into sailing on a boat for three months. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you told them it was a cruise. Yeah, I'm, I was just about to say. <laughs> oh, I think you can. Yeah. I the think you absolutely the can. And the Santa Maria will have three beautiful casinos, <laughs> two pools. How much? What are we talking? How much? <laughs> for what? Seventeen fifty for that? Oh. Seventeen <laughs> fifty for a trip so long? That's a steal. Are you kidding me? I'll go right now. Queen Isabella, come on. <laughs> oh my god! Unbelievable! <laughs> this must be offensive to who you? Yeah, and you're fine. Yeah, so we're good. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Listen, I'm like, Happy New Year. The, time to time to do some Jewish jokes. If the ADL came after us, it could only help the podcast. That's a great point. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Where, Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Dershowitz? <laughs> <laughs> Where have you gone, Alan Dershowitz? Jesus loves you, you more than you, than you will know. Like, who? Who? No. No, thank you. You mean a, a so, man? A man. You mean just a man? <laughs> just a man. A, a myth that we've created in our minds <laughs> loves us more than I will know? I don't think so. You That's mean not fine. the Messiah? I can deal with that. <laughs> oh, that always made me crazy. It still makes me crazy. What? That Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah? <laughs> yeah, that Jews refuse to exist. <laughs> No, how stubborn, how, stubborn people. How tiny the difference is between Jews and Christians. Yeah, well, tiny. Also, kind of big. No, I mean, but that one point is the main issue. <laughs> yeah, the one point right? about who God is. No, I know, yeah. but it's like they're both waiting for a Messiah, and then at one point in history, half of them are like, "There he is," and the other half yeah. is like, "I don't see him." And no, I don't it. think so. Just a guy. <sighs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, the other half is just like, "Who? You mean Jesus?" Our guy? We know that guy. Well, Jesus was no. a Jew, Russ. I, that's what I'm saying. He's just like, they're like, hey, it's the Messiah. And they're like, do you mean Jesus from up the road? Because. Right, right. No. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't think he's come to town yet. And right. the other half is like, no, I'm pretty sure he lives up the street. <laughs> and then they were just like, we you are... know what? Let's not check and be enemies Let's forever. Like... <laughs> There's no way of knowing. Let's just. Talk about it on cable news, shall we? <laughs> it's frustrating. Uh, this episode of Mad About Mad About You is brought to you by the 700 Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hosted by Pat Robertson. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you get that reference for us? I do. I'm familiar. Great. I'm familiar. <laughs> that, that used to be on the family channel, I think. That was their late night. Uh, oh, and all their late, late night were hosted by a straight white male. You remember like that? All the other shows. You remember those late night wars when yeah. uh, <laughs> David... When Billy David Graham Letterman, and, uh, when, oh. when Pat Robertson was waiting in the closet and while David David Letterman was meeting <laughs> to find out if he would get the Tonight Show or not. <laughs> oh, that is a weird story about Jay Leno. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> it's great. I need to watch The Late Shift again. That movie's great movie. Insane. Yes. It's great. Oh, Kathy Bates. Wonderful in everything. I'll tell you what she's not wonderful in. Mad about you. Is mad about you because she's not in it. Otherwise, she would be wonderful. Oh, she would be great. What did we so, watch this week, Russ? We watched season two, episode nine, an episode called A Pair of Hearts. Great. Great. We haven't and had a title like this in a while. A it's play a good on one. words. Thank a you. A fun double entendre. Yes. And this is episode 31 of Mad About Mad About You, yes. for what it's worth. For those of you keeping score. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. The nun- <laughs> <laughs> I think. Wait, were you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, the I'm only talking one. to everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking I'm to everybody. the only one keeping score. Oh, I'm sure there are at least three people who are like, wait, but what number is it of your show? Uh, you know, that's a question I answer every week, and I'm mixed up by it too, because <laughs> I have to answer it on Libsyn, and I don't know if I should count the minisodes or not. And I still have good- at some point I'll have to go through and correct all the numbers because they're all off by oh, like no. two. I, it's honestly. You've, Let's move on. <laughs> Let's. I'm sorry to have startled you. A little you. peek behind the we're curtain, everyone. Bad, yeah, we're off on a, a poor footing. So this episode aired originally on November 18th, 1993. What in the world did TV Guide have to say about it? Ira's estranged wife sets up a free casino weekend for him. Dash, 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 which they love. They do. So oh, she, the triple dash yeah. doesn't exist. I'm so mad again. 
Go ahead, continue. So she can get him to sign the divorce papers. The divorce papers? Yeah, I don't like... This sounds like a game of telephone. Yes, Yeah. yes. Someone told this guy <laughs> what happens, and then he was like, all right, I got a lot of stuff to do. Somebody who thought that the show was originally called Mad About You, colon, the divorce papers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like... Oh, these divorce papers are very important. We should just call them the divorce papers well, rather also, than just divorce papers. It has Cindy Lauper in the, you know, I was a strange wife, Cindy Lauper. So I, I, they oh, also it does probably figured, oh, okay. ah, we got the celeb. Who cares what it's about? Sure. You know? <laughs> and it shows, John, quite frankly. <laughs> I'll tell you, I know why I did the opening that I did, and we'll get around to it. But I was like, I forgot that I was also thinking about doing oh, sure. Cindy Lauper. Sure. And I was just like, okay, time to go. And what was I going to do? <laughs> All right. The Western thing. Great. So that's how this episode started. But it could have started <laughs> with a Cindy Lauper cover. It could have started with phone rigs in the middle of the night. It's Paul Buckman, Jamie Buckman's his wife. They want to watch yeah. everything that you got to do. We're mad. About mad about you. We're mad about mad about you. Mad. We're mad. We're mad about <laughs> you. Right? Right. Perfect. You just got two openings for the price of one, wow. everybody. Everywhere. Yeah, Christopher Columbus is like, what a deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, that TV guide. I'm not into it. Yeah, not it's just lazy. One. Lazy. It's Come just on, guys. lazy. Punch it up. Yeah. Punch it up. Try a little. Also, we, I think that we know when you're trying. The three dashes signify what? An M dash, an N dash, something like that, right? It should be two for an M dash okay. and just one for a dash, I think. I think. What's an N dash then? It's a short dash. An N dash is a dash in my, I believe. Okay. No, I'm sure you're right. I believe you. I think that's it. Great. Well, that was a bust. So now what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what was on? Hey, Russ, what was on TV? Yes. Uh, hey, yeah, John, uh, what was on TV? Wait, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's just we sounded very, very vaudeville. Oh, hey, Russ. Oh, uh, yeah, John. Yeah. Hey, uh, Russ, what was on TV? Russ, I say, uh, what yeah, was yeah. uh? Say what, te what television <laughs> programs were on TV last night or whatever? You're watching NBC. Well, I'll tell you, John. <laughs> I will tell you what was on TV. I've said in the past that it's rough having the show on Thursday because all of the television is good. And so this week I was delighted to see a deviation from the norm. Woo. Or at least so I thought. Norm. No yeah. <laughs> they called him something else this week. An episode of Cheers yeah. just pops out of nowhere. George. <laughs> on CBS from 8 to 11 p.m. was the third part of Return to Lonesome Dove. I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is. It is the follow-up miniseries to the original miniseries called Lonesome Dove, <laughs> which was a big, sprawling Western epic. Oh, hence the opening. Uh-huh. That's Cindy how that yeah, happened. Cindy Lauper has a song in that or something? What? <laughs> I'm yes. Yeah. Now I see what's happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cindy Lauper. Oh my gosh. I would have loved for Cindy Lauper to have been in Lonesome Dove. <laughs> so it's a Western. It's a Western. And yeah, the original, it was based on a novel by, a, I believe his name is Larry McMurtry. I should have written that down. And he, yeah, he wrote, he, he also co wrote the uh, screenplay for uh, Brokeback Mountain. He's, oh, wow. A, 
he is the guy when it comes to big sprawling western epics or was, one of the one of the big guys yeah was this uh movie as boring as that movie well burn i'll tell <laughs> pretty sick <laughs> pretty sick Brokeback mountain burn it was a little boring i enjoyed it i think i'd like I to watch it again just, maybe actually yeah it was you gotta you gotta get get in the right mindset it's, it's one of those mo yeah movies like that it's just like you just have to be like oh it's beautiful well, it, and it is. It really is. Sure. So, sure. yeah, you know what? I take it back. I think yeah. that was just my 22-year-old self being an idiot. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry the uh, emotional love story wasn't action-packed enough for you. Well, uh, yeah. Where, Montana, <laughs> where, where Wyoming? Where are the guns? <laughs> you guys are all wearing those hats and nobody's going to shoot anybody. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> so, John, I realized last night when I was researching this that the funniest thing that I could do is to watch the third of four parts of a sequel to a miniseries. Okay. And so that's what I did today. <laughs> okay. I watched 90 minutes of, yeah, I watched part three of four of Return to Lonesome Dove. And it was, I was just, I went into it. I'm like, this is going to be hilarious. I bet it was good. It's going to be a bad movie, a dumb miniseries. Russ, you don't even like Westerns. Right. And here we go. So I start and, you know, they've got a classic, you know, orchestra swell, big score, big sound for the opening credits. And then they crossfade to like the remains of a burning house. Like it's kind of in ashes uh -huh. and the music changes. Uh huh. And then Barbara Hershey. Yeah. Stirs from the ground right. and she gets up and she's damaged and she's looking around and she screams a couple of names and before she even yelled any names i'm just like what house is that what happened to that house who burned that house yeah. down who is she i'm in i am in from the word go yeah. i'm like this is a great movie <laughs> i mean listen Russ, cbs makes good like they make television that's <laughs> compelling to watch they do oh so good it was great. And look at this cast. I, yeah. Everybody's in this. John William Voigt, Peterson. Chris Cooper. John, yeah. What was the first mm -hmm. one you said? William Peterson from uh, CSI. From CSI. Gus Grissom. You watch CSI? I used to for a little bit. I didn't know anyone that watched CSI. That was my age. I started, I started late and I got out early, but there were a couple of seasons where I watched oh, CSI. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Cool. Yeah. What a funny name to lead with when you got John Voigt here. <laughs> You're not wrong. Chris Cooper, Barbara Hirsch. I guess you'd already given away a couple of those. Reese yeah, Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, I know that name. Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. African American gentleman. He was in. Uh, he, he was in an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> he was in Iron Eagle. And I know that. him from. I know him from Digstown. I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, he was in Roots. I didn't see that. Oh, you haven't seen Roots? Roots is like The Wire. Wait, really? Well, and that it's a thing that you should see. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, it was a good, a really fun thing to watch. CCH also, Pounder. Some, yeah, it plays his wife. She's yeah. great. Dylan Baker's in it a little bit. I don't know who that is. You'd know him if you saw him. Yeah, I'm sure it would. Really, really fun. So yeah, there's Smoking Rubble. I've got all these questions. And somebody is down. Chris Cooper is horribly burned in the blast and his face and eyes seem very damaged. He's really burned up in his face and his eyes wounded. Hey, so partner, they, they, your face and yeah. eyes seem really damaged. <laughs> That's what they say. That's exactly what they say. <laughs> well, you know what they say about faces and eyes? No refunds. <laughs> you break it, you bought it. You buy it. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> So they bring him inside and they wrap his head in bandages. 
And somebody asked about him. They're like, what about his eyes? And the doctor says, hard to say until the bandages come off. And part of me is like, well, that's true in general. But also, I'm like, you put the bandages on. So why don't you take the bandages off and be like, oh, man, those are some messed up eyes. Well, to give him a chance to heal first. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> You're not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i i watched this on my phone on my way to work <laughs> the way the way the directors intended it to oh be my viewed gosh. i'm sure i'm watching i'm sitting on the subway watching this and i'm just like how many millions of people are in new york city i am sure that i am the only person yeah. watching return to lonesome dove on their phone at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. Though it's only the fact that it was on the subway, I think, that made it just you. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, you yeah. think it I'm back sure home, everybody's watching Not it? Not everybody. Just like, Let's say one. Sitting on, one other. Sitting on their couch, watching their, watching it on their phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> the TV's right there, but they're like, ah, it's more intimate this yeah. way. Wow. Yeah. I start thinking stupid things. Like, well, first of all, I've already been thinking stupid things during this, clearly. But a, a horse runs up, and then they... Uh, quiet the horse and they're just having a conversation on horseback two people and i start thinking things like i don't think horses would stand still for that long this is movie magic how many takes did it take in order for them to get the horses to stand still these horses would be walking around they're wild animals so like i forgot about the domestication of horses in general prior to watching this show okay <laughs> so something might be wrong with me is what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, the domestication of horses is at the front of everyone's mind most of the day. <laughs> at least it's enough that when you Wait, see a person on horseback... Horses are wild? <laughs> what are they doing forgot. just standing there? <laughs> How are they doing that? Movie magic. Wait, wait, Movie wait. If magic. Not wild, where are they? Farms? <laughs> I forgot. Wait, no, hold on. Chickens, cows... Pigs, horses. Sure. No, I forgot. Oh, God, I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe you forgot one, that, Russ. You're right? Yeah, me too. At one point, a horse knocks over a table and runs past an unknown <laughs> Sounds like a real housewife from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the table. Oh, my gosh. I didn't mean, I yeah, didn't mean anything the, mean by the it. The horse... The horse yells, prostitution whore. And, oh, uh, we yeah, will get then. to that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -oh. That was a... Yeah, oh, anyway, gosh. keep going. So as... yeah, Can you as describe the, the whole movie just so clear? No, bits okay. and pieces. The horse knocks over a table. Russ is doing and, a whole uh, podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to... Called Return to the Return of Lokes and Tub. Yeah. He runs past an unknown old man. Like, we haven't met this old man right. yet. And it made me think what I always think. Is that the author? Is that the screenwriter? Or is that someone's father? Because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't say anything. He's just an old oh, guy okay. standing in frame. Right. And I'm like, who do you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. This, yeah. Oh, this is your list of questions. That's right. Okay. This yeah. is just generally. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, and I'll say this. I forgot about domesticated senior citizens. <laughs> How does that old man know to just stand there <laughs> and not go walking around and start singing a song? And then he knocks over a table and runs mm -hmm, off. Mm -hmm. And 
So William Peterson is flirting with Barbara Hershey and uh, he says this. This is pretty smooth. He says he suddenly turns into Groucho Marx. Because he's like, you know, I've heard the key to surviving a Montana winter is to slip between two grizzly bear furs and wait for spring. That way, the long winters don't bother you. Just make sure you don't wake the grizzly bears. And I'm like, that's a pretty good joke, William Peterson. Not bad. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, that is pretty great. Well yeah, he may as well be waggling his eyebrows. Yeah, true. That's very good. <laughs> and popping a cigar in his mouth. I wish they'd made a Western. Yeah. Uh, that that well, is I'm one of my to... biggest uh, regrets. In... <laughs> You're doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Mm. Oh, so that's everything that happened in part three. Of... <laughs> Are you going to watch the rest or no? I might. I might have to go I'm back. I'm not surprised. Because that's the other thing. Well, because that's the other thing. I was like, how did that fire start? And so I read what happened at the end of part two. Uh-huh. It was a lightning strike. And I'm like, a oh, lightning strike? Man. I have got to watch this thing. Yeah, that's. I'm in. I'm in, baby. <laughs> what happened in the news, John? From WNBC-TV, this is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough. And Pat Harper. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Joey Bonafuco sentenced to six months for rape. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to read the article, but I just thought that'd be a nice little yeah, button to that update. nightmare. An update. Well, wow. Ushered into a courtroom to a chorus of boos and hisses. <laughs> Joey Bonafuco was sentenced to six months in jail for the statutory rape of Amy Fisher. Wow. Fan. Fantastic. It's happened six months. That's insane. I know. At least it's something. That's true. Oh, Amy Fisher went to jail for a five to 15 year sentence. Yes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. As I think we've mentioned on the podcast, now she's doing pornography. So wait, what? Good for good. Yep. So good for everybody. Did she mention that on the uh, Andy Daly podcast or something? I don't Andy think Cohen? she did. I don't think she did. <laughs> Not Andy Daly. Oh, my. <laughs> I would have loved. I would love. <laughs> For her, wait, Amy she didn't Fisher to be it? on the yeah, she did not mention. Wait, it. how do you know she? It's true. <laughs> if she didn't mention it on the Amy Cohen interview, <laughs> how do you know it's true? I know a lot of things about Amy Fisher that were not mentioned in the in the uh, and also the the uh, the Andy Cohen interview was not with Amy Fisher. It was with Mary Joe. Oh right, 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 right. So yeah, they were they didn't just decide to talk about Amy's porn. Amy Fisher is hosting racy peep shows out of her family's home. Yeah. She may have a new house and new name, but Amy Fisher still has plenty of Long Island Lolita in her. Even 25 years after shooting her married lover's wife. Boy, you got to love the New York Post. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't even their fault. This is just you got to love Long Island, I guess. Sure. Just days after she insisted someone was posing as her to perform online peep shows for cash. The Post found Fisher, 42, titillating porn fans by. uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, you got to love the Post. <laughs> I'm not letting the post give us an adult rating. Dateline. <laughs> New York City Marathon. One runner who has logged his miles. Ted Corbett will walk will walk the New York City Marathon on Sunday. His fifth official walk over a course he helped lay out and measure. His target is time great. is five hours and 30 minutes, which is faster than many people that run the marathon, which I didn't know. But then Corbett, who is 74 has run 198 marathons and ultramarathons. 20 years ago, for example, while preparing for a 24-hour race in England, he decided to run 100 miles around his neighborhood in Upper Manhattan. He told only his late wife, Ruth, and only because she would worry if he didn't come home to sleep. He started out at 9 a.m., and except for, quote, toilet stops and, quote, the last time I had ice cream... (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to know that story. Me too. <laughs> he didn't stop running until the following morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> he was never Holy more than five cow. miles from his apartment. He was only worried that also five miles from upper Manhattan is like a whole other world, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, if you do a five mile radius, you're like New Jersey, the Bronx, <laughs> mm-hmm. Brooklyn, yes. and Queens. <laughs> He was only worried that the drunks might harass him when the bars closed. Wow. Blah, 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 blah. He's a shy man who speaks very slowly and softly. Blah, blah, blah. Running's part of his life. Yada, yada, yada. What uh, what kind of drumming does he do yeah. while he does this? Because <laughs> if you're not drumming while you do this marathon, you can get the hell out. Here's a weird sentence. <laughs> Uh oh. Wait. So I think the I think the sentence I just spoke was also pretty weird. Yeah, it was. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Corbett will be 75 next January, and he's playing a typically private celebration. He'll cover 100 miles at a trot, a combination jog and walk. He hopes that birthday stunt will exercise his most disappointing memory. A 24-hour race in 1973 when his right quadriceps began aching after 17 hours. I hate when that happens. He was in second place at the time. Ooh. Oh, that does suck. His target of 154 miles in sight. When he gasped to his handler, I can't go another seven hours. Oh, no. You know, sometimes just big uh, quantities are funny. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so I was I read the line before it because I thought it would contextualize the weird sentence. <laughs> it doesn't. I'll just skip that. Doesn't. Sometimes okay. he whispered, eyes downcast into his calf's liver. If you have a brain in your head, you should drop out. <laughs> yeah. Little wisdom. Little wisdom there. What a smart guy. The uh, dateline. Go ahead. Chicken shop selling guns. Roberto Pennyfeather didn't know about guns or drugs being sold at Mama's Fried Chicken in the Bronx. Speaking of which, sure, we should have uh, the roaming rover of Midtown, Gary Barrard, jog on over there, check out absolutely sites, absolutely. Even though I already did on Google Street View, it's gone. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you just know from who was around that night at night that it was a dangerous place, said Mr. Pettyfeather, who lives around the corner from Mama's in East Tremont. I don't ask too many questions. That is this this story in a nutshell, as you will see. The true business of Mama's, a law enforcement official charged yesterday, was that of a supermarket in New York City's vast subterranean economy of destruction, operating virtually in the shadow of a junior high school. On Monday, the chicken stand's owner, Faridullah Nawabi, was arrested and charged with selling 59 unregistered firearms 234 rounds of ammo, a pound of cocaine, and some heroin to undercover officers over three months. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, uh, the district attorney said at a news conference that Mama's was a, quote, a guns for order business with takeout service. (laughs) 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 Specializing in the most popular weapons on the street. 9mm and three eighty caliber semi-automatic pistols, three fifty-seven magnums, thirty-eight caliber revolvers. Ooh, gosh. A more exotic hardware like a calico pistol with a 50-round drum magazine. Like a vault. (laughs) ATF is involved, blah, 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 blah. Pleaded not guilty. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Wait, where did all the denials come? I skimmed this earlier. Everyone deal with it. Everyone stop hurrying me. Mama's on Boston Road at Seabury Place sits at the southern end of a busy... uh, Who cares? Oh, here we go. The residents, mostly black and Hispanic, say the neighborhood has rebounded from its nadir. Nadir? Either that or nadir. No, that sounds right. Wow. I feel very vulnerable right now. It's okay. I haven't heard that in a while. Since 1993? In the late? At least. <laughs> oh, back in 1993, I was always talking about the nadir of things. Oh, man. Many people who live and work nearby say they knew that something was wrong at Mama's, which was open around the clock, but we're not sure quite what. Kosa, a teenage girl who refused to give her last name, said, 
There was always drug dealers sitting in there and everybody knew it. Angelo Sanchez, who works at a carburetor repair shop half a block away, said he often wondered why the place was bustling at 3 a.m. And when they pressed him about what he might have seen, he said, sometimes you don't want to know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The lieutenant they interviewed in the 11 weeks that law enforcement officials had the restaurant under surveillance, he said, I don't think they sold $50 worth of chicken. <laughs> Not a very good restaurant. Yeah. Poor business. Yeah. <laughs> Unsuccessful. I give them an F. <laughs> oh, do I read? Yes. Okay. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Today's like rapid fire, a bunch of little New York stories. Great. About New York, a power lunch to feed the hungry, or if you will, ladies who lunch. That's my title for it. <laughs> That's you? Yeah. <laughs> it was enough to make a grown man tremble. <laughs> this Whoa. article's a little weird. <laughs> there in the rainbow room atop Rockefeller Center were 250 powerful women. Look. Who, what, what, like adult education, creative writing, or, or, or feature writing class wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael T. Kaufman. <laughs> they were luxuriating in and celebrating their power in the fifth annual by invitation only power lunch. What we are talking about here is household word women. I don't know, what does that mean? I don't know. Talented women, smart women, rich women who had been chosen to eat lunch and contribute money to city meals on wheels. Huh. Everywhere you looked, there were these women exchanging. I thought this person is like so stymied. By... There's just all these People. women. I, like... There's women. <laughs> you can't believe it. Women are they're there. I they're... thought I saw a guy wearing a suit. There was a woman. Nope, not. <laughs> I go to the men's room, women. <laughs> Everywhere I go. <laughs> Everywhere you looked, see, oh there were women gosh. exchanging one cheek power kisses or two cheek power kisses or sometimes air kisses. <laughs> I thought I saw a basketball player, two women standing on each other's shoulders wearing a trench coat. <laughs> and I thought, what's a basketball player doing in a trench coat? <laughs> Some well-known people, blah, 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 blah. listen to this list of names here. You got Donna Karen in a black shawl. Lisa Slewa. Well, I don't know who that is. Oh, and the Red Beret of the Guardian Angels. Julia Child. Yeah. Betty Friedan and Betty Rollin. Gail Green, Jean Harris, Erica Jong, Judy Collins, Joanne Woodward, Jill Cremens, Anna Mafo, Diane Sawyer, Ivana Trump, Anna Wintour. Wow. I mean, can you believe this? Holy moly. Apparently, it cites Edith Wharton and said, Miss Wharton, who might have marveled at the 12 power guys who paid 10 grand to be invited and sit with the power women of their choice, which is also a little weird. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. I'll give you this 10 grand. This is not okay. If I could have lunch with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and I get to pick which one. <laughs> Isn't that what's going on here? How do I know you're a woman? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Russ. <laughs> you're right. That is the vein of this auction, I suppose. <laughs> It's very interesting, but they raised a quarter of a million dollars for Meals on Wheels. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad about making that guy a giant creep. I'm well, sure that everything is all be. on the up and up. <laughs> I don't have a ton of faith in the power men. Paying <laughs> 10 grand to hang out with the power women. <laughs> Call me crazy. Call me crazy. One of them might have been Donald Trump. Okay. Dateline. Sure. Do, do, do. Go ahead. From prison, Gotti reportedly keeps control of my... Uh, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> It's a boring, Great. it's kind of a boring story. Okay. Anyway, Gotti's in prison and he's still running the show. So everyone. <laughs> Good to hear. Look over your shoulder. Final that story. That Don is Teflon. <laughs> Go ahead. 
you remember that FYI column? I believe so. Remember the one where pe- New Yorkers just ask questions and then the... the yes. T- ah, well, I, we found another one. Oh, great. By Jennifer Steinhauer, November 14, 1993. First question. Why are there no pedestrian crossing lights on Park Avenue at 57th Street? Interesting. Answer. This is... Huh. This is well before no, this is well before three one one where you could just yeah. call and say, Hey <laughs> you have to write to a newspaper to get an answer. So Park Avenue from forty sixth to fifty seventh was once an open railroad yard constructed as part of Grand Central Terminal in nineteen thirteen. Hmm. Once an open space for emissions when trains were powered by steam rather than electricity. Park Avenue is now part of the roof of a tunnel extending north from Grand Central. The ground wow. of Park Avenue is the roof of a tunnel. I mean, I guess we knew that, but I guess that makes some sense. Yeah. Traffic signal poles were installed when the original yard was built. To install pedestrian crosswalk lights now would be a major undertaking, apparently. There's no place for a pole, said Mr. DePlasco. <laughs> I do think that's the way he Ooh. says this as well. I, I uh, Listen, I love any like medium-level municipal employee of New York City <laughs> from this era. There's no place for a pole. Speaking of, I recently came across Will Hines and Neil Casey's show small men oh it's did you great. see this yeah. when it was at ucb yeah. they have a sketch oh the muni- about- the one about the road or a, yes a, a u-turn lane a or left turning a lane left turn lane oh it's incredible it's two guys who get into the nitty-gritty of municipal planning and how if they can get a left turn arrow or a left turn lane to go into a shopping center yeah. it'll be huge yeah. for the community it's amazing we and should share it, it this sounds week. so boring but it's very funny it, and it's on uh, venmo it's on venmo right <laughs> it's on venmo yeah it's you just vimeo, send it, it some money yes it's on vimeo yeah, yes. yeah yeah we should share the link it's great what question what is oh, all these people <laughs> i feel like it's the same oh wait Hold on. Is it the same person? Oh, no, I didn't finish with Mr. DePlasco. There's no way to do this without major disruptions of the trains. <laughs> oh, and then this dig. Mr. DePlasco, calm down, Wait, please. Here's a, this might not be a dig, but I like to read it like this. Maybe okay. when Metro North modernizes the tunnel, they'll include traffic crossings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very guilt trippy. Absolutely. I'm going to put Metro North on blast in the paper. That's what I'm going to do. Here's one of my favorite ones from this column this week. Mm-hmm. What is that maddening chirping sound I hear each day on my way to work as I pass the MetLife building on Park Avenue at 45th Street? My best guess is that it's an anti-pigeon device. Answer, your best guess is right. The building has ah. installed BirdGuard, a product of BirdX, a Chicago-based <laughs> company that specializes in non-toxic bird repellents. The device emits a sound that emulates a bird in distress, which discourages pigeons from hanging around. <laughs> I love the Oh, pigeons. my God. The pigeons are such New Yorkers where if they hear a bird in trouble, they're like, not my problem. No, no, I got to go. Um, Wish I could. I can't. I, gotta, I can't yeah. with this. <laughs> I got uh, I got enough problems of my own. I can't be stopping for every time I hear a bird. <laughs> I have an interview with my coop. I mean, go up. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's great. Bravo. We decided you to idiot. put it in because ours is a high traffic area, she said. Oh, this is sorry, this is Diane Howes, a spokeswoman for the MetLife building, who I guess okay. was behind this one. Yeah. People waiting across the street. Pigeons were a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love any time a bird causes problems in New York. Oh, here's another interesting one, maybe. Mm -hmm. I noticed that many doors between the subway cars and the NQR lines are locked. I suppose this is intended to limit the number of injuries incurred by people who ride between the cars. But what are passengers to do if there's a fire? That's, yeah, that does sound terrifying. Or if a hatchet-wielding madman gets on. <laughs> How are the doors unlocked? <laughs> the cars of these particular trains are 75 feet long said Termaine Garden, a New York City Transit Authority spokesman. When they turn corners, huge gaps are created between the cars into which passengers could easily fall. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Regarding your dread of subterranean calamities, the questions raised are valid. But fortunately, none of that has ever happened on those lines. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, well. I'm so glad you're in charge of a Don't worry, it'll be fine. Uh, we've never had a fire down here, so I think we're good. Well, also, like, but don't the, like, the windows, there's at least one or two emergency windows in every well, car, know, right? Where they break out. I think so. I'm mostly concerned by this person who's just constantly going up to subway cars in and motion. testing them. And being like, why can't I get out of here? I'm more concerned by lock? the Mr. Garden being like, well, uh, most hatchet-wielding madmen ride the one or two. We've never <laughs> seen one on the EFA, so let's not worry about it. Hatchet-wielding madmen, what is this, New Jersey transit? <laughs> Here's one last thing, because I think people will enjoy this. Maybe you could do it sometime, Russ, while you're uh, about the city. Interesting. Question, what is that Knickerbocker sign on the wall of the Times Square subway station near the shuttle to Grand Central? I don't recall this sign. I don't even know if it's still there. Was no there idea. once a club behind the wall? And if so, when did it close? Answer, well, don't you have an eagle eye? The sign was tiled <laughs> into the portion of the station at 42nd near Broadway when it was built in 1904. At that okay. time, it was the entrance to the Knickerbocker Hotel, built in 1902. About 30 years ago, the hotel was closed and converted into an office building. So everyone keep a lookout oh. for that Knickerbocker sign. I'm going to take I'm going to take a look next time I'm in town. Very interesting. Yeah. I know the Knickerbocker Hotel is up and running again. Wait, really? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's one out here, too, in Hollywood. It's where uh, William Frawley died. Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, 42nd and 6th, I believe. No kidding. Um, right near Bryant Park. I think so, yeah. Right near that station. Right near where yeah, they're talking right. about. Well, that's all the news wow. that's fit to print this week. I love it. I thought that it was going to be like, oh, well, what is with that sign? What is with that Knickerbocker stuff? Uh -huh. Well, if you knock three times on it, I... a portal will open. Yeah, that's what we all wish. Yeah. Yeah. And David... Uh... You'll be able... <laughs> What's his name? It'll be like Beetlejuice. Yeah, right. Or Labyrinth. That's what I was trying to Or Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. The Goblin King will come and take your baby brother. Yeah, if you knock on yeah. It. The Goblin. All that, uh, all that crap. Oh, well. All right. Let's talk about the episode of Mad About You, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Well, good. So, cold open starts well, off. Well, hold on. You always, you always oh, forget to crack I these I always people. forget to. Oh, please. Tell us about the good people behind the scenes. Well, this we have a new director. We do, don't we? We sure do. Mr. Tom Moore, Mr. TM, Mr. Transcendental Meditation. <laughs> AKA, I like to call this episode a David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch. <laughs> we got a real. <laughs> Great. He's. <laughs> what? We... No, I'm just thinking about how we're just like, ah, oh, it's Tom Moore. You know, David Lynch. <laughs> the episodes of David Lynch, Russ. Sure. Wait, oh, wait. Yes. Did our friend of the podcast direct thirty something? I believe he did. Yeah. So did this guy. They might know each other or not. It's a big show. <laughs> it's a big world. Well, according to Michael Lang, friend of the show, yes, Michael, Michael Lang, Lang, he said that uh, you know the the one hours and the thirty minutes typically run in separate circles. So he may they may have bumped into each other. Well, let me tell you something, Russ. We have what's up. Found the exception to that rule. Tommy Schlamy, I know it. Oh yeah, him also, right? 
<laughs> but also Tom Moore, because he's doing 30-something. Oh, yeah, he's doing guy. cheers. He's doing uh, picket fences. He's going, oh. He's bouncing back. and Like, I'm getting nauseous watching the ricochets. L.A. Law, <laughs> Mad About You, Sybil, back to ER, Boston Common, Suddenly Susan, then is back there, to Ali McBeal. It's like, I, is there anything that David Lynch can't do? <laughs> Those are all David Lynch episodes, directed by Tom Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he also directed, he's a Broadway director. With a very long resume, he directed, oh, the original production of Grease. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? And a play I near and dear to my heart called Division Street that nobody ever does. It's very funny about hippies in Chicago. Cool. A good old farce written by Steve Tessick. He directed Night Mother, starring, guess who? Ellen Burstyn. We spoke about her earlier. Kathy Bates. Kathy. Oh, neat. Yeah. And Moon Over Buffalo, which rings a bell, but who cares? <laughs> Is that a Shanley? Is that John Patrick Shanley? Oh, maybe. I could be totally wrong. That feels for a second. That, there's a new Shanley. I feel like that sounds like that. Oh, the, Ken Ludwig though. Oh, so this okay, guy's yes, like the right. farce king of uh, Broadway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, what if he directed? I don't know which other Mad About You episodes he directed. I hope there's some farces in our future. He directed I hope so. eight episodes. Cool. He directed next week's, the weeks after. <laughs> oh. So that'll be exciting. I hope it's just two farces back to back the next two weeks. <laughs> and it was written by Danny Jacobson, our, our old friend, because he created the show. Mm-hmm. Who got in before we started naming people so we don't have a nickname for his stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. DJ Tanner. DJ, great. Yep. <laughs> that happened very naturally, John. That was right on the tip of your tongue. Cold open. Cold open. So Paul is looking through the fridge and Jamie is telling him, where to look for things from the other room. All right, I'm looking. Top shelf. I'm looking at the top shelf. Behind the milk. Behind the milk. It's just jar food. How about to the right? To the right, to the right. You got your pickles, you got your condiments, you got your yogurts. Try underneath, way in back. What am I looking for? I don't know. <laughs> I love this open. I love it too. I think it's amazing. I think the show it's so does, good. This episode does a lot of this. Yeah, it's a very clever way to sneak in. I don't know. It's a very funny way to do the layout of a fridge, which isn't funny, funny, but it's like, oh yeah, it's just like my fridge. Mm -hmm. Like pickles, condiments, and yogurts on the right. Sure. Jars behind yeah. the milk. Like all that's Just so real. Plus. Like, I would have a difficult time. Like, I, I guess I know where things are in my fridge, generally speaking, but I am so bad at looking for things. And in almost every facet of my life, if I can't find a thing, I'll ask Jen where it is, and she will know exactly where it is. Or if I don't know, hey, do we have uh, uh, electrical tape? And she'll just be like, yes, it's on the in the closet, second shelf behind such and such. We, and we bought it, you know, seven years ago. <laughs> and she knows exactly where it is. And it's this, it's wonderful. And that's where I thought this was going. I thought Jamie was going to know exactly where it was. And so then for Jamie to, for, to say, I don't know what we're looking for. Yeah. I'm like, great. Yeah. Real, real fun. Delightful cold open. I liked it a whole I lot. I liked the whole episode. Almost. Me too. Me too. I I, <laughs> I liked the whole episode. Wasn't always laugh out loud, but there was a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. So scene one, Murray's on the couch and Lisa is hiding his eyes because Paul and Jamie are bringing their suitcases out into the hallway. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing know. this. Yeah, they're doing this to fool Murray. Murray will know they're planning on going on a trip and that will make Murray sad. Also, though, because Murray, he's smart enough to know they're going on a trip, but they say he's not smart enough to know that they might not come back. Like, yeah. They know he'll think they might not ever come back. Yes, yes. Murray's object permanence is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, we learned that Ira has a fully comped weekend and that Paul and Jamie and Ira and Fran are going to be going out of town. Yes. I don't know if we have we heard Atlantic City yet at this point. What point? Like in that first scene. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah, absolutely. There, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hotel and AC invited Ira up for the uh, weekend. All everything's comped. Right. And yeah, Paul does Paul not thinks buy that it. it is a scam. Uh, yeah, it's a trick. It's a scam. It's a big scam. <laughs> he sounds just like me, unfortunately. Oh yeah, that's the way you Nothing's think. Nothing's free, Russ. There's no free lunches. No free lunch. No such thing. My grandparents Russ. taught me that. Nothing's free. <laughs> they have a, a fun little interchange. Whereas, yeah, Paul says it's a scam. It's a huge timeshare scam. And uh, yeah. Which is so Paul real. Says, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's quite all right. No, just Paul says, I read about it. And Jamie says, where do you read this? They go back and forth where Jamie wants to yeah, know the no, specifics. Yeah, no, it was great. She gets so aggressive. Of where Paul reads the things yeah. that he says that he reads. Until Paul just says, certain places have these things. And I've read them. <laughs> just great uh there's a few great moments like that i feel like in this episode too absolutely where she just really like (laughs) delights in calling him out yes i also love the uh he goes he sort of dips back into this whole it's a con and it reminds Mm -hmm. me of the uh oh the bit where they say oh willy-nilly a whole willy-nilly thing which is the funny list yeah he's like it's a ruse Mm -hmm. it's a con it's a scam it's a flim flam thing right yes just different synonyms for a thing yeah thing though oh boy flim flam thing pj tanner (laughs) he's really good he really is (laughs) he really knows how to tickle the ivories that i that make me laugh whoa (laughs) what why would you use that i don't know Uh, would you forget oh poaching gosh. was a thing too? <laughs> I guess so. No, just tickle the. Oh my goodness, I guess so. Because tickling anyway. makes people laugh. And tickling the ivories literally means only playing piano. Well, it doesn't literally only mean like it's already a like a phrase or like a, a oh what's yeah you know. it's a phrase that means plays piano. No, I know, but when a phrase is that loose, you can mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Words have meanings. No, John. I know, but tickling the ivories is like a, not a term of what's the phrase I'm looking for. It's like a catchphrase. An idiom? Yes, it's an idiom. An idiom is yeah. flexible. It's not strict. Well, what am I, Ricky Ricardo? <laughs> <laughs> the butcher of so like, uh, he's like Jack the Ripper so, of idioms. So like the idiom of like time flies. Yeah. Can mean that anything. can mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can mean I need to buy new pants. <laughs> hey, good. Actually, it could. <laughs> Actually, it could. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, yes. Yeah, so they are about to leave. They are ready to fool Murray. Their ride has arrived. And, um, yeah, they're saying to Murray, we're going to the market. Okay, we're just going to the market. And, uh, yeah, here it is. All right, so little trip to the market. Yeah, just going to the market. Downstairs to the market. <laughs> Two, three minutes. Just heading to the market. Back hey, on the market. Fine, have a good weekend. <laughs> nice. We're just gonna get paper towels at the market. We'll get milk let at the go, market. Let it go. Oh, how no, sad. <laughs> They're never coming back. <laughs> They're never coming back. Oh, yeah. Lisa. That's so messed up, Lisa. Lisa, that's cold. Very funny. Murray does some great acting here. He is heartbreaking as he slumps down sadly on the couch. <laughs> 
Mm. Maui is so we, a great actor. Yeah, for sure. We cut to Atlantic City, and Jamie is playing a slot machine, and she is losing big time. Yes. Paul and Ira are having a who can keep their top button button the best contest. Ooh, ouchie. Come on. <laughs> it was a style. It sure was. It was the style of Mad About You for sure. Wait, I'm trying to remember. Did Jerry also have this? I feel like he did sometimes. It is it is the preferred way to wear a button down shirt. I mean, on it the sure show. is now. Just it's big out here. Oh yeah? oh yeah, currently. Yeah, it's like hip. Usually you wow. don't tuck it in. You like leave it out. You wear those baggy art pants and you button the top button. Uh huh. And then you wear like cool John, sneakers. John, I need you to start taking undercover photos of people wearing <laughs> their shirts like. I mean, this. Russ, Google L.A. and then it'll come up. Good. <laughs> You, you skip one of my favorite lines. Please. what I miss? Jamie's like, Paul, you, you're bringing me bad luck. And he's like, oh, what? Yeah, I'm inside there. I'm keeping the fruits from coming down. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, oh, Ira gives Paul so, a lot of cash. Yes, gives him $200. Yeah. Don't give it to me. Under no circumstance are you to give it to me. Unless I beg. You know what's weird? What's that? I just realized this, like, th- that's such a classic setup for any sitcom plot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what I do, don't give right. it to me. Yeah. And then act two. Yeah. I need it. Please, please. Yeah. It's Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Okay. I never saw it. Shoot me. John, I know, really? I it. Yeah. What do you want from me? I want you to see Young Frankenstein. Right, I'll watch it. I don't have time. I understand. I understand what time crunches are like. I'd watch it now, but we have to do this podcast, so... <laughs> But my point was that is that is classic you <laughs> just turn this around on me. The point was this never comes up again in this episode. The two hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's true. weird. They must have cut it. They must have recorded it or something and cut it or something. Oh, I think it was just a joke. OK, I think they yeah, just maybe. meant I think they just meant it as a joke. They do have a funny instance. back and forth there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was it. It was. You know what? It almost because it's so out of character with everything else. It feels like maybe something they wrote on the spot. I don't know about that. Just like do this. And that's why it doesn't follow up later. Maybe. I'm just trying to justify your thing, John. I don't like that one. (laughs) 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 Try again. I will not try again. So, yeah, then Jamie and Paul have this exchange wherein Paul is looking at hookers. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What are you doing? Looking at hookers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, We know he's looking at hookers because when asked what he's doing, he says looking at hookers. <laughs> it's just so real also. It's really fun and really weird. Oh, and she's like, I'm losing so much money on the machine. And he's like, yeah, you're putting it through college, which killed me also. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun joke. Oh, yeah, friend's look, birthday. Uh, back. For those counting, October 28th. Oh, it's a friend's birthday? Oh, yes, yes. Friend's birthday is October 28th. Yeah, we're going to get to that because Fran is playing uh, the roulette wheel with Ira. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she wins 50 bucks because they play 10 and 28 and it comes up on 28. And uh, yeah, then Ira asks a loaner if she can loan him $10. Yeah, a loaner played by, wait, is that the guy who's like your good luck lady? Yes. Yeah, played by uh, Keone? Keone? Young? Yes. Does he look familiar to you? He did. I had a hard time pinning it down, but we looked it up and we got there. Do you, you know where he's from? from? At the end of the day, he is from Deadwood. He is Mr. Wu. Yes. Speaking of pigs. Yeah. Yeah, he's the dry cleaner, or not the dry, yeah, the laundry guy who yes, the, the laundry eat guy. the people. People, yeah. <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> I didn't recognize context, him because he crazy. was, yeah. 
I didn't recognize him because he wasn't calling anybody anything very vulgar. He doesn't speak <laughs> that much, does he, in, in Deadwood? N- no, he basically only says Swedgen when referring to Jim yeah, Swearingen. Yeah, he has very broken English, and they call him the... Yes, he, he uses that word. <laughs> yeah, he says Swedgen, and he uh, uses another three-syllable word starting with C to refer to basically everyone and everything oh, else. I think I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hork Soaker. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's in everything. Yeah. Like uh, the Fast of the Fear, the Crank. He's in the Crank movies, Men in Black. Like he's been in a million like blockbusters. Dude, where's my car? Oh my God, the dude from Dude. Yeah. Playing God. Remember that? He's in Jack, Strip Tease, the Brady Bunch movie, My Girl 2. Like, you know what I mean? These are like, we grew up on these. Surf Ninjas? Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't that come up on the show? If it has, it's because it was on How Did This Get Made? Uh, No, I think it came up differently. All right. Well, then I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I found a a theater review. From him? He did one play on Broadway that Ben Brantley reviewed (laughs) in 1994. Yeah, a midlife crisis has a hallucinogenic mystery story through all sorts of music and exotic sound effects. Oh, nope. Though all sorts of music and exotic sound effects swirl throughout the production of Philip Kahn Gotanda's Day Standing on Its Head, at stage two of Manhattan Theater Club, the loudest noise, the loudest noise one is aware of is very familiar. The loudest noise that one is aware of is very familiar. Woo, colon, that of a man hitting middle <laughs> age with a hollow thud. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he did not like, he did Ooh, not ben. like this play. Man alive. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, listen, nothing wrong with kicking the man when he's up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So we cut back to the blackjack table, and Paul is very bad at playing blackjack. He cannot count, and he cannot read. Yeah, he can't do anything (laughs) at the table. Yeah. Which is like me, quite honestly. Yeah. He clears the table. Jamie goes back to her slot machine, and Paul talks to a couple of strangers and refers to Minnesota as the herring capital of the world. Yeah, I love because that. Because she's wearing a yeah, she's wearing a name tag with her uh her city on. Yeah, it. why is she wear I get that the employees wear them because she's calling he's calling the blackjack dealer Lynn from Nevada, Linda from Nevada. Right. Mm-hmm. But why are the customers wearing I name do tags? not know. I could not place that unless it's like a business meeting. Yeah, convention she, of some sort. Yeah, could be. That's the only thing. Yeah. Jen suggested that because I was just like, why is she wearing a name tag? And why does it have her state? Yeah, on I it? think that's a good theory. Yeah. A little confusing, so, though. A little strange. Almost turned the show so, off, yeah. but I persevered. <laughs> but you powered through. Yeah. So Paul is then looking at his cards and uh, this happens. All right, what do I got here? Linda from Nevada, I got a 19. I'm going to stick. You got a 7 and an 8. You got 15. Well, I got 15. I will take another card. Thank you. <laughs> You're busted. Hello. Paul gets smooched by Cindy Lauper, John. Yeah, Marianne Legazzo. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Paul miscalculates 7 plus 8 for 19, which is just like, hey, Paul, yeah, you got to like- be better. That's very easy that math. <laughs> like, that's the kind of math where the excuse I'm bad at math does not mean anything. It doesn't work yeah. out. It's like, no, no you're stupid. Yeah. Use and your I, fingers I, like... if you have to. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, yeah, so Cindy Lauper shows up. She is Marianne. 
I didn't and love she makes it this character. Well, what were you gonna say? I didn't love this character. I loved everything I liked around the character. the character and everything that happened because of the character, but I didn't like the character. Well, get used to her because she's around for a while. Well, just one episode. Is she does she not come back? No, they signed the divorce papers, Russ. That's the whole point of the episode. I know I know they do that, but I'm pretty sure she returns in future episodes. Am uh, I wrong? I think you are, but I could be wrong too. Who knows? We'll have to there's only one way to find out. And to watch Let's watch the next all the episodes and talk about episodes. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I she's probably not the best actress, but I well, she's definitely not the best actress, but I like her scenes with Ira a whole lot later on. As Jamie says, they're a very cute couple. Yeah, she has become a hostess at this casino and she takes to flaunting this and showing this off by saying to employees, watch this. You're fired. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that, yeah. but I could. Yeah, she loves fake firing her employees. And I love watching their faces. Yes. Every time it happens. That is a very because fun they job. get they get very sad and scared immediately. Yeah. And then a second after it's just kidding, and their face reverts right back to where it was. Yeah. It's just... perfect. <laughs> Featured background, dream gig. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Getting a reaction like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. They could be standards too, I guess. I feel like Seinfeld did that a lot. I assume all these shows did. What would they do? They'd use the actors' stand-ins for little parts like this. Oh, so they didn't that's have smart. to, you know, cast anyone else. And yeah. just to get them on camera a little, you know? Sure. If they want it to be. Also, so, like, basically, what? She went to school. Like, they've known each other since they were, like, little kids, it sounds like. Since they were like kids, yeah. Yes. Pauly, uh, as we're going to learn, Pauly gave her some Valentines. Right. Gave her two. Yeah, this is very interesting. Because uh, Jamie returns, and Marion wants to know who the blonde is. Right. Asks, who's the blonde, Pauly? And Jamie says, blonde is wifey. <laughs> so yeah she is not uh not taking kindly to marianne initially yeah they get along like gangbusters though yes they do jamie always responds so well whenever one of paul's exes comes up yeah in she's not threatened at all at ever. all it's one of her favorite things to hear about i think yeah because lynn is Lynn's the exes of paul marianne's like i taught him how to kiss yeah and she's like thank you <laughs> you did you did a great job yeah. that's great yeah. Yeah. And then she mentions another ex. You know, you're better than Sherry. Oh, did I let the cat out of the bag? Cut my tongue off. Yeah. <laughs> and during all that, Jamie's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. No. Oh, there's a one before me. Yeah. I figured. Mm-hmm. Sherry Kleinman. Yeah. It's Kleinman. That was it. Yeah. Kleinman. <laughs> Shadows and fog. Anyone? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Woody Allen. You know what? I didn't even. Movie. I didn't even get that reference. I was just laughing because it's funny to hear you yell the name Kleinman. Right. That was the premise <laughs> of that movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we find out about Marianne's relation to everybody. The two of you are old friends. More like related. It's it's a long story. I'm Ira's wife. That's the short version. Where is Annie? What is the difference? Uh, I'm sorry. You said you're Ira's wife. Yeah, welcome to the family. Ira's got a wife. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we didn't say that yet? How about that? Not yet. Well, we've said it, but we just learned it. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) I thought we said it. You and I have said it. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, she's Ira's wife. Mm -hmm. Ex-wife. It's an unofficial divorce. Yeah, they've never gotten divorced. It was a six-month thing 20 years ago. Marianne broke his heart. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we learned that Paul had a crush on her. Right. This happens. Well, we'll talk more about it later. Okay. But for right now, yeah, she says that in fifth grade, Paulie sent me two Valentines, one with a Snoopy on it and one with a blue duck. Yeah. What's the blue duck? That is a, I just think a weird little duck. Yeah. It's a weird little Valentine. Uh, <laughs> it's, I would love to, it, 
probably is something. Yeah, I feel like it is too. The blue duck. No, they didn't laugh, yeah. so maybe it's not. Maybe. Maybe it's just something maybe, from Danny uh, Jacobson's you know, life. Maybe he just thinks it sounds funny. But it does seem strange to be like Snoopy. You all know the specific character Snoopy. Right. And then just vague blue duck. Right, right, right. So sweepstakes, if you know the blue duck, let us know. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold my it's, breath. Yeah. <laughs> sweepstakes. Sweepstakes. If you are a blue duck, yeah. tweet at me. You, let me know you're out there and listening. You got better odds of winning a publisher's clearinghouse than you do this sweepstakes, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, find the blue duck. But John, I guarantee that there are some blue duck listeners out there. Yeah, maybe. Some BD Wongs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Does it take a mental leap initially? Yes. <laughs> but does it make I'll, sense? I'll go with you. Sure. I'll follow that. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, man. So, yeah, Marianne needs Ira to sign divorce papers because she's getting married again. And, uh,. Paul decides that he'll talk to Ira first. And then something very interesting for you and I happens, John. Yes, we would like the Victor Borga. We'd like the Liza Minnelli. Can we get that with Romaine instead of a Dicchio? All right, and we'd like the Buddy Hackett. No, 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 toasted. Does Fran know where he went? She said he went downstairs. By himself? He's Fine. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, the the Borga, the Manelli, the Hackett, and uh, I'm torn. I'm torn right here between the Siegfried and the Roy. That's from the next scene, right? That's from the next okay, scene. Okay, I didn't know where we were. I hope. Uh, is this, oh, yeah. Did you play the whole order? Uh, yes. Uh, one of my favorite. The only thing I regret. So we're back in the hotel room now. That's a room service clip. Paul's ordering room service. The only thing I regret is that Richard Kind isn't on the show at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch Richard Kind and Paul Reiser order off this menu for 22 minutes. <laughs> Easily. Well, Paul, what do you want to get? What are, what are we going to eat today? The question isn't what are we going to get? The question is what aren't we going to get? Let's go. I think okay. that Tony Bennett would be delicious. <laughs> oh, the Sammy Davis Jr. is fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic. <laughs> Victor Borga, John. <laughs> What's the great risk? <laughs> Victor Borga. We did a whole setup. We didn't. We didn't fulfill it. I feel like I just had to call it out. That's fine. We did great. Uh, no, nah, I wasn't thrilled with that riff. Yeah, Victor Borga. <laughs> Victor Borga. What a thrill. I mean, Russ. We've reached the point I, in which yeah. the show that we are recapping is making references to our recap podcast. You're a prophet. Yeah. Basically, we're reaching through the sands of time. Is this a Mobius strip? Yes, it is. I think a, it might a be. A Mattius strip? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think so. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. I can't believe also that was the first name. <laughs> Victor Borga. Yeah, Victor Borga. First on the list. <laughs> Do you all need me to play? Uh... <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, I can't believe John can't play it again because he already played it twice. See, we have a hidden numbers in the words like wonderful, before, create, tenderly. All these numbers can be inflated and meet the economy, you know, by rising to the occasion. I suggest we add one to each of these numbers to be prepared. For instance, wonderful will be tutorful. Before should be be five. Create crinine. 
tenderly should be a lemonly. A lieutenant will be a little lemonant. A sentence like, I ate a tenderloin with my fork will be a nine and a lemonloin with my five. Unless you decided to. <laughs> Eliza Minnelli with Enjoy Romaine that, instead of Radicchio. Radicchio. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Buddy Hackett. Dot, 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 dot. No, no, no. Toasted. Toasted. <laughs> plus shrimp cocktail, plus crab legs. Lower the net. What are you, a sea Paul. lion? That's his line. It's so great. Oh, and I'm torn between oh the secret and the... I mean, the whole speech is like... This is maybe one of my favorite lines from the show ever, I think. It's pretty great. Oh. This is why it's a good show. <laughs> For lists of food. Yeah. Paul is uh, being accused of being very protective of Ira. And uh, he is protective of him because Marianne broke his heart. He says he had her, rather, she had him under a spell. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Paul, what does he do? Oh, she can't, oh, so Ira pl- can't say no. Basically, well, we find out, yeah, she, he's like, Ira can't say no to this woman. Mm-hmm. It's that spell. And he's like, you know, she just, she gets guys to do things. Yes. Oh, gosh. that. Uh, yes, we've got that coming In, up. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's quite all right. Yeah, well, no, that's we could do that here for sure. Oh yeah, well, just really quickly, Paul signs a card for Lisa. Yeah, postcard that Jamie's uh, a po- putting a, a postcard. I love it. Yeah, and and Paul says we'll be home by the time it gets there. Yeah. And that just that is every single time I went on any trip as a kid, writing postcards to grandparents. Like I would buy them while I was away, not get them sent, bring them home, and then send them from home. You know what though? It's still fun. So, is it? Yeah. I'm like, the idea of it is fun. It, yes, it is fun for the person who is receiving it. Yes. Yeah. Sitting at home and filling out a postcard is uh, counterintuitive. Well, sure. I get that. But yeah. But that being said, I should have, you know what? I should have been a better grandson. Yeah. You were lazy. <laughs> I was. You were a lazy, good for nothing grandson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that old term. So, yes. Good for nothing. Good for nothing. Yeah. What are we good for? Nothing. Nothing. She date him, she dump him, she date him, she dump him. Yeah, play him like a yo-yo. You don't know what he went through with this girl. I mean, all through high school, she played him like a yo-yo. I mean, she date him, she dump him, she date him, she dump him, she date him, she dump him. (laughs) He married her. You know why? Because she asked. She asked to marry, and my cousin cannot say no to this woman. Why not? Why not? Because she has a way, you know, she gets, she gets guys to do things. She ever get you to do anything? Look at this. Look at this. Excuse me. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Did she ever get you to do anything? She got. What's the difference? Oh man, come on. All right, here's one. She, because of her, I lost my learner's permit. Okay. She, she got me to drive at night without a grown up. (laughs) What a whore. And to this day, she still has my three dog night albums. Yep. Oh my gosh. Him just going to that snow globe. Yeah, this is, is another so one funny. where Jamie has a lot of fun just like calling him out. Like it feels like Helen Hunt's having like she's so lit up in this moment. Yeah. And it's very satisfying. Yeah. It's nice to see them she relaxed. Just, she likes to play in that moment. She, be like, no, 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 no. Let's uh yeah. She's anxious in a lot of the show. I'm realizing sure. she's always dealing with something. Like what do you mean? I feel like there's always trouble, you know? It's her job or it's Paul or it's Fran or it's like some city mm-hmm. logistic. Or the one time they did go on vacation. 
investigation it was a disaster kind of right you know or her being relaxed is causing trouble for paul yeah but it, this is one of those few moments on this show where it's just like everyone's fine <laughs> for like that That's exchange true. yeah everyone's just fine yeah. the one time the few times that she's able to relax is when she's busting paul's balls about his ex-girlfriend true and then this is the weird moment that i was referring to i don't know if you caught this mm -hmm. jamie's joking but her response is what a whore i didn't catch that and i that. rewound it I thought I was crazy because it doesn't quite fit what they're talking. Like he he wasn't like is she, she is she joking? She's definitely joking, but like that's the kind of joke you would make if he was like one time she convinced me to kiss her on the cheek. You know what I mean? Um, like this has nothing to yes. do with her being bad. It it has to be with her being like irresponsible. Right. I think that the joke works in its own way in that respect. I because it has nothing to do with very much disagree. Sex. Also, it's a crazy thing to hear her say. <laughs> It's so crazy, I either didn't hear it or I blocked it out. Yeah, it's very jarring. Because, <laughs> so yeah, Fran is hypoglycemic and... Uh... Yeah, she seemed like, what's her name from Kindergarten Cup? Who? I don't know, the hypoglycemic one. <laughs> I didn't know that part of that. Oh, really? That's like Cup. one of the main parts of the movie. I, You know, I'm not even sure that I've seen it beginning to end. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't even know what to say. Well, I guess don't I haven't say seen anything. Frankenstein, so. Yeah, I was I was going to say don't say anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spent all of my time watching the best comedy in history <laughs> instead <laughs> instead of Kindergarten Cop once. Uh, oh, I thought that's what you were referring to. <laughs> yeah, friends rooming with Ira. In the hotel. Yes. That's pretty intimate. It is intimate. And the, like, not only are they rooming, but yeah, well, we'll we see find later. out later that, yeah. yeah, the whole plan was always to share a bed. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. And uh, we'll get there. We're not there yet. Paul asks Fran a question about Ira and uh, Jamie is getting defensive about things, saying, see, you're doing it right now. You're taking care of everybody. Fran, eat your banana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a ballsy thing for her to call him out on since he's always the one saying, you baby, your sister, you're looking out for your sister all the time. Let her fail. Let her fall. Hmm. Know what I mean? Yeah. They're the same. You're right. That's why it works because same right. attract. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's why it works for a while. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, so Fran starts talking. Yeah. Oh, the shrink is back in go. session. <laughs> Fran starts talking about how she feels Mark in places like the taffy pole that they were at or the ladies' room at Bergdorf Goodman's. And she wants to know when is this going to go away? And uh, Paul suggests call the concierge, set up an exorcism. It's comp. Yeah. Oh, that's what so, he yeah. said. That's funny. I thought he said common. No, it is comp. Comp is very funny. I agree. So Marianne does not want Ira to hate her. The next scene is the two of them at the casino. Mm -hmm. And I wrote their chemistry is palpable. Yes. Which it might not be, but it is. <laughs> But I think it is. I think they clearly get along well. And uh, it's hard to not have a billion quotes here and a billion clips pulled because Cindy Lauper's voice is iconic and specific and so New York that I just want to hear everything that she says. Or at least to uh, <laughs> rather than quoting it, you know, me say and then she says this. You kind of got to hear Cindy Lauper say this stuff. You know what I mean? Are you setting up a clip right now? No. Nope. Wait, what? <laughs> you psycho. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? That, that speech about how you can't even get through the scene 
and you can't even pick the clips to play because there's too many, and you just want to play the whole scene? It's going to build up to one clip playing? Are you insane? I might be insane. What was that speech about? John, I forgot what horses do. <laughs> Lay off me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you're literally going to do what you said and you couldn't fathom doing? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna persevere. Great. And not include any clips by just powering through now. <laughs> Your, her voice is so <laughs> iconic. Here's me yeah. skimming over it. Uh, okay. <laughs> She's that was flirting hardcore with him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so she's flirting with Ira and says to him, you know, we never did it with a mirror. He says, we never did it with a bed. Yeah, I love that Ira line. That's really fun. She wants to have sex one more time with Ira. Yeah. One one last roll. Why not? And uh, yeah, she says, what's the worst that could happen? And he says, I might like it. Yeah. Which is telling. Very vulnerable, Ira. Um, yeah. She's the one woman who he... brings the facade down. Yeah, it really does. And so, yeah, he signs the paper. Also, she's getting married. Papers. Like, he calls her out on that. That is true. In two weeks, she's getting married to a guy in from Luxembourg. In two weeks, yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, it's in two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, Ira signs the divorce papers, and Marianne fires Lenny for real this time. <laughs> Poor Lenny. So then, yeah. So Marianne is no longer in the episode. <laughs> and so this is a perfect time so to will... include a clip. Oh. <laughs> so Ira gets to the hotel room and Jamie's there. Jamie is looking for Toblerone and Ira goes to open his champagne and they start talking about their relationship and how things faded early and how it was difficult because they spent weekends differently. You know, Ira was with Marianne and Ira spent weekends with her fa- with his family rather and the week was with her family. Right. And that did not work. And uh, yeah, that's why, because Jamie is very funny <laughs> in response to that, wherein he says, you know, could you imagine you guys doing that? And she says, that's not even something that you should joke about. Right. <laughs> I liked her response to that very much. And then we get real with Ira. Hey, well, I tell you, it was no picnic. Why? Oh, man. <laughs> we spent the weekends living with my family. We live with her family during a week. Can you imagine you and Polly living like that? That's not even the kind of thing you should joke about. Yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what the whole thing means. <laughs> uh, that's the whole speech? Yeah, the whole speech is in there. The, the all in the family thing? The all in the family thing. Edith's voice is like her dad's. It's very funny and yeah. weird. She can't. She came home crying and said that was it. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's really hard. Oh, and then that punchline kills me. Which one? Well, we got one more ride out of each other, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really great. Really great. They're both pigs. It's great. (laughs) And in the middle there, you know, they talk about how Marianne was wearing Ira's t-shirt that she stole from him. Yes. And he says, it feels good to have someone steal your shirt. I mean, as Jamie knows. Yeah. Got that football sure. player's shirt. Yeah, that's true. Or she shirt. does, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. John Panko does a really good job of acting oh, in this scene. He sure does. He's a phenomenal he suddenly, actor. Yeah. He suddenly, you know, Ira always has a facade about him. Mm-hmm. You know, his laugh, his speech patterns, you can always tell that he's trying really hard. Right. And he just sounds like a normal person in this scene. Well, yeah. I don't know about trying real hard. I just feel like he's a, putting on a carefree on demeanor. 
sure. generally. Sure. Seems like nothing ever really gets to him. Right. Which I think is probably real. Sure. But some things really get to him and he keeps those private. Until now. Yes. Until right now. So yeah, he spills his guts to Jamie. And Paul comes in and uh, I'll add this clip. So what happened? Who knows? I mean, one Saturday night, I'm sitting at home. I'm watching the Yankees pound the Red Sox. And I'm waiting for Marianne to come home. I wanted to see this episode of All in the Family because I knew that she would dig it, even though, you know, she wouldn't watch it because <laughs> supposedly Edith Bunker reminded her of her dad. <laughs> Edith reminded her of her dad? Yeah, yeah. It's a very odd family. <laughs> <laughs> but they were nice to me, you know? They were nicer to me than, than my family was to her. So anyway, she came home that night, and uh, it was over. What did she say? She didn't say anything. She, you know, she just walked in. She was wearing these little white painter pants and a blue T-shirt that she stole from me. And she just started, she started crying. You ever steal one of Paulie's T-shirts? Mm. Constantly. Yeah. Feels good when someone steals your T-shirt. So that was it? She just left? Well, we got one more ride out of each other. Yeah. What's going on? Hey, Paulie, seven bills. I took this place for over 700 bucks. Good for you. <laughs> Call me irresponsible, huh? You okay? Yeah. Am I in trouble? No, 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 we were just talking. Oh, should I leave? No, no, no. no. Listen, don't talk about Mary Ann. I won't. Because he doesn't like to talk about it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I love his first. I love that his first two questions are, are you okay? Am I in trouble? Right. <laughs> it's weird to see him in a robe, too. He doesn't feel like it, a robe Lots guy. of robes. Robes all over the place in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're having hotel fun. It just feels weird. Like, it's very fun. It, it almost feels like if we went in Home Alone, we went with the family to Paris instead of with Kevin. <laughs> Like, if this was Home Alone, we'd be with Lisa and Murray the whole episode, but instead right. we're in Paris for Christmas. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah. I'm just, let's not worry about the kid. Yeah. We're going to yeah. focus. <laughs> let's sneak our luggage I... out so that Kevin doesn't notice yeah. we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to pick up some milk, Kevin. <laughs> Go to the market. Oh, and then um, here we go. Except it's way more passive than normal this time. Ira, the last line of the scene. Oh, yeah. To Jamie. It's mine. In case you get cold. Tell me something. How come every time I meet a great girl, she's in love with my cousin? That's basically, you know how lucky you are. <laughs> or the two well, you are. Well, except it's a specific twist on it. Yes. Because... Yeah, it's not, uh, you know how lucky you two are to have each other. It's, do you know how lucky he is to have, to have you. you? Yeah, said to her. Yes, right. Normally it would yes. be said to him, which he's already done. Or, like one episode or two or episodes be, ago. Yeah, or said to the both of them. Oh, well, of You know well, how lucky you guys are to have each yeah, other? Yeah, that's yeah. classic, Mad About You. And it's particular. you know, in this episode, we've had Paul talk about how he had a crush on Ira's wife. Mm -hmm. And now we have Ira has a crush on Paul's wife. Right. Or if not has a crush, is expressing feelings towards Paul's wife. Right. They have similar taste. They do. God, Helen Hunter is so good. I mean, they all are in this. It's incredible. 
Yeah. I was getting chills yeah. in some of these scenes, especially yeah. the next scene. Next scene's great. Ira and Fran's bedroom. Yeah, we cut to them sharing a bed. Sharing a double. It's That's very not even a bizarre. queen. It's very bizarre. It's very, what, it's a very small bed. Don't they know are each other right that next well. to each other. Yeah. Like that should be yeah, a whole I'm, scene where they come to the hotel and they're like, uh, what? Yeah. Well, I guess we have to, uh, yeah. You're, you're recently divorced and I'm a creep, right? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, and even that, I was thinking about it. So Ira gets this invite to Atlantic yes, City. Yes, he's like, can I bring three and people? Says, yes, can I bring three people? I It'll be my cousin, my cousin's wife, and my cousin's wife's best friend. I know you meant that to sound crazy. It doesn't sound that crazy. Okay. And I mean, it can't sound too crazy since, after all, they all are the main characters of one sitcom, and it works. Right, exactly. It's, like, that's not a crazy not, combination. It's not. It's not like in the show, every time Fran shows up, we're like, what's she yeah, doing here? Right. This is yeah. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> More Ira. He's always around. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're in a very tiny bed, and uh, Ira propositions yes. her. Yeah, and there are lots of robes on everybody. Fran wants to get down to, well, Ira, yeah, propositions her. She rebuffs this. Yeah. Then they have a great scene. This scene's great. Yeah. Yeah. Then they want to talk. She wants to talk seriously about how long it took him to get over his ex-wife. Yeah. Fran's really struggling. She says, I've been separated six months after being married 10 years. And he says, Franny, I've been separated 20 years after being married 10 minutes. Trust me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is really sweet. It's nice to see him try to connect in that way. It's great. Also, she's like, she asked how long it took him to, how long until he took off his wedding ring. And he was like, it was plastic. I broke it off. (laughs) It broke it off. It's pretty good. (laughs) No, it's a great scene though. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, Fran agrees to sleep with him. And she says, I won't tell her if you won't tell him. Shake on it. He says, I'll start any way you want. Yeah. And then we go back to Paul and Jamie's room. And Jamie is having a variation on her typical fear of uh, if we ever broke up, who would take care of us? The friends thing never works. It's emotionally untenable. And he says, says who? She says, I read at the same place you read your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. The newspaper that you're always reading, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. And then we, uh, we have Paul setting her mind at ease. You know what? We won't break up. I'm just saying, if we ever did, there'd be no one there to take care of us. So we should stay together. I think so. All right, so when you get up, I'll be here. Forever? <laughs> yes, forever. I got a thing in my 50s, but it's like half an hour, and I'll be right back. Yeah, the adult full house ending. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it yeah. felt like. But it's great. Complete complete with a sweet uh, music cue. Yeah, I'm an adult, yeah. so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a thing in my 50s, but it's like a half an hour. I'll be right yeah. back. Oh. And that's it for the episode proper. So then we get the best tag in the world, wherein they are back at the casino, and they're at the craps table, and uh, a gentleman approaches them. That's really funny. Here we go. Ready? Ha! Yes! yes! <laughs> you know why? Because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are on a roll now. Pardon me. Mm. I'll give you $1 million to sleep with your wife. Great. Yeah, that's yeah, great. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I like that. I have not seen that movie. It's very good, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's a little weird the older I get to think about, but when I watched it when I was sure. younger, it was great. I'm trying to remember who that's. Robert um, Redford, Woody Harrelson, and uh, Demi Moore. I couldn't remember Woody. That's right. I got them all. 
<laughs> you nailed it. I also love that Paul just keeps playing craps after she leaves. And oh, yeah. there's a moment where he just like looks at the people around the table and just gives them a little shrug. He's like, <laughs> he's like right? Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, who cares? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's. I wonder who had the idea. I don't know. It's such a funny it's idea. A when did that movie come out? It must have come out. I, I feel like maybe it had just come out. Probably, yeah, probably in the year. People know that's an decent proposal reference, right? For those of you who don't know. Oh, that's right. We haven't yet said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> because we thought it was patently obvious, movie... but maybe it's not. Yeah, 93. Yeah, there's a movie called, yeah, Indecent Proposal <laughs> with Robert Redford mm -hmm. paying a million dollars to have sex with uh, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson's wife. Now that I've explained the joke, you can fully appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. John, I like this episode. I love this episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's touching and very funny. I like seeing more levels of Ira. I like seeing more levels of everyone. See, I don't. Uh -huh. No, I mean, we saw different levels of Jamie, too. That's true. And Paul a little. A little bit. It was fun to see them on vacation and it not going poorly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The conflict is between, you know, Paul or rather Ira, Ira and yeah. Marianne. Several, and yeah, it's exactly. And it's pretty much on the up and up. And it happens in one scene for two minutes. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just all kind of hanging and out. And the rest is just, yeah, the rest is just ruminations Which is on great. love. Yeah. I like it. Me too. Good job. Yeah, good, <laughs> good job, job. Uh, DJ Tanner. David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> David Lynch and DJ Tanner. Boom. <laughs> Wonderful. Rise, guys. Rise, gals. Thank you so much for listening to us one more time. We do hope that you'll continue to do so. You can talk to us at madaboutyoupod. Uh, you can email us there. On Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, email, email us on Twitter. I, I don't know why. I, I, I want, it would be fun to set up a phone number. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say, what if we set up a phone number? And then I was just going to say, what if we just gave out our cell phone number? Yeah, Russ's phone is... And I don't think I want to do uh, that. <laughs> 516. <laughs> it is 516. That is true. 555. Five, five, yada, yada, yada. 3799. I don't know it. Who knows numbers anymore? I certainly don't. Yeah. Paul Buckman doesn't know numbers. So, yeah. Leave... Ratings and reviews yes, for please us. Yes, email us. We things. love hearing from you. Mm -hmm. at madaboutyoupod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at madaboutyoupod. We're on Facebook at madaboutyoupod. Yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, rate it and review us on <laughs> iTunes. We love reading those. It makes us feel good. And also, it helps uh, iTunes have a little more faith <laughs> in our yeah, podcast. So it, they put it out there more. And uh, It helps to get the word out. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Stitcher. We're on <laughs> Stitcher. Tune in FM. Uh, you want us somewhere? We'll be there. Just let us know. <laughs> Except Spotify, that know. one's tricky, it turns out. One day. <laughs> one day. Folks, I'm on a new um, musical improv team over at the Magnet. Hey, congratulations. Uh, you can, thank you so much. We are called uh, Public Pool. They're a very fun team that I'm happy to be joining. You can see us on Tuesday nights uh, making up musicals. Bunch of fun. Bunch of, bunch of fun. Beautiful. If any of you live in Ohio... In Cincinnati, Ohio, my Some short film do, will be sure. showing there in October. Called this is that night. The uh, <laughs> let's see, it'll be there in October. At October, the, uh, that's a tenth month, right? Month number ten starts with an O, if I'm not that's mistaken. Correct. It's the same month as Fran's birthday. Halloween. Yeah, that's correct. And, uh, and now October and Ohio both start with O. Is that a that coincidence is true. or is that intentional? And you will be able to catch us there at the Inside the Loop Film Festival. Great. There we go. <laughs> Found it. <laughs> 
I just wanted to make sure I got it right. I remembered the words. I just didn't know the order. They. I remember the words. I just don't remember the order they come in. Is that more state in Maine? Yeah. It is more state in yeah. Maine. <laughs> Ooh, I've seen that a lot. Uh, and then we'll be in Yonkers in November if anyone's uh, around Yonkers. I'm around Yonkers. Yeah. This is great news. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, I'll be in town for it, too. That'll be really fun. Yeah. Our theme music sounds like this. John D. Ivy wrote it. Thank you so much, John. And our logo is by the inimitable Nathan Diffie. D-I-F-F-E-E. He's on Twitter. Say hi to him. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> and our sound mixing was done by Vuk Ivanovich. Thanks, Vuk. Thank you, sir. John, a pleasure. We'll do more, yeah? Yeah, we'll do another one at least. Great. At least one more. Yeah, next week. Tune in next week for at least one more. Tune in next week. <laughs> rise, guys. Rise, gals. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Mad About Mad About You. I'm Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And this, this is, is what, what we're, we're saying. saying.